Well, as I mentioned as we open worship this morning, we're in the third week of our series, Living the Dream. You can see it up there on the screen. Dream, again, is an acronym, and we're looking at each one of these letters. So we've already done, we started actually with the letter in the very center, the letter E, on that first week, and we talked about committing to the weekly Eucharist, and the reason why it's in the center is because this has got to be the center of our life. What we do here this morning has to be the center of our lives. And then last week, Pastor D looked at the letter D for devotion, because we're trying to learn a daily rhythm of devotion and dedication to our God through our worship. And if you notice already, what we're trying to do is set up this sense of rhythm, weekly rhythm, daily rhythm in our lives, for each of us personally and especially for our families, for our households. But do you ever feel like in life that you're just sort of out of rhythm, Things just aren't sinking. Maybe they're just crazy. Let me ask you this. Of the two lists that I'm going to show you now, which list of words describes you? Sleep-deprived, stressed, irritable, anxious, unsatisfied, restless, isolated, and feeling inadequate? Or joyful, fulfilled, confident, calm, peaceful, secure, refreshed, balanced? Which one are you? Okay, which one do you want to be, right? We want to be the one on the right. We'd say that's living the dream, what we're talking about. Well, it is our third letter in this acronym DREAM. It's one that gives us the list on the right. And maybe you've already picked up on it from our hymns and our prayer and our readings. The letter R stands for rest. 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 Pastor, ain't nobody got time for rest. What are you talking about? I got endless school or work or house projects, bills to pay, deadlines, mandatory practices, rehearsals, meetings, rest. Rest is kind of like a four-letter bad word in our thinking, if you think about it. Ironically, rest can give us stress. Here's what I mean. If I rest, I can't get it all done, and that gives me stress. And rest can shame us or guilt us. It's, if you rest and if you stop, you're just being lazy. It's for the weak, and I don't need that. I'm strong. But if we have something against rest, we have something against God. The Bible begins in Genesis chapter 2 as it tells us of the account of creation, and it says this. On the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested. On the seventh day, from all the work that he has done. If God did it, why then would we think that we don't need to rest, or think that we don't have time to rest? And God has a distinct purpose for this rest, Genesis 2, verse 3, the next verse says, God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy. And as we've already heard in all of our readings, you've heard the Hebrew biblical name for this day of rest. Many of us probably know it, and it is Sabbath. Sabbath literally means stop, cease, stop what you are doing, and rest. But we don't stop. We don't even slow down. Because if I stop what I'm doing, then, then I get nothing done. And if I get nothing done, then I don't produce anything. That's how you get her done in this world, right? 
You want something, you gotta, if you want to get something in this world, you got to work for it. So if I'm not doing something, if I'm not getting, well then, what am I doing? Who am I? What's my value and my purpose in life if I'm not producing? Those of you who have retired struggle sometimes with that, right? I know when I watch my dad retire, who am I now that I'm not working? But there's a little bit of ego and pride going on. No wonder we love to talk about how busy we are, right? Or how tired or exhausted. You Casual conversation. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Busy, busy. Good, busy. It's like it's a badge of honor. It says, hey, I'm important. I'm valuable because I'm doing and I'm getting and I'm making all the time. I never stop. Hmm. What is it really? It's a false god. It's the god of self. Self-reliance, self-importance. What do I need God for? I can do it myself. I don't even have to stop. And it may sound odd, but resting, not resting actually, not resting is a spiritual problem. You see, what work can do, it doesn't have to, but what work can do is it can cause me to put my faith and my trust in my productivity. And if what I'm, not, if what I'm doing isn't enough or if it isn't getting me enough of what I want, well then just work harder. That's the answer. But if I rest and if I stop, it causes me to put my faith and my trust not in my productivity, but in God's provision. My value then has to be seen through God's eyes. It's not what I do. It's not what I have. It's who I am and whose I am. When I learn to rest, I learn to rest securely as a son or a daughter of the Father. By the way, if you know the creation account, you know that in six days God made the heavens and the earth, and it is on the sixth day that he made Adam and Eve, and then on the seventh day he rested, which means they rested with him. Have you ever thought about it this way? So that means when Adam and Eve woke up the next day, on their first day on the job as human beings, they rested. They didn't go to work. Hmm. Says a lot, doesn't it? That their very first day they spent with God and with each other. Says a lot about who we are and who we're made to be and what's really important in life. So let's look a little bit closer at why God does not recommend the Sabbath day to us. He commands it, right? We're talking about a commandment, one of the Ten Commandments of God here. Well, first of all, what happens if we break it? Let's go back to our first reading from Exodus. It says, you shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Now, I don't know about you. Doesn't that seem a bit extreme? You work on the Sabbath day, and you get the death penalty. In our modern terms, you work on the Sabbath day, you get the electric chair. What? But let's go back again to the purpose of the Sabbath day. 
God blessed it and he made it holy. It's set aside for his special purposes. What's his special purpose? It is to spend the day remembering who you are and whose you are. It's to spend the day with him and with those that you love. In other words, God blessed this day. He filled it with his life. So if you don't stop and rest, if you cut yourself off from God, who is life, if you cut yourself off from the people who love you and are all around you, if you cut yourself off from life, what do you get? It's called death. We don't need someone to give us the death penalty because when we don't stop and rest, we are inflicting the death penalty on ourselves. We're not living We're dying. And it feels like it, doesn't it? For many of us gathered here this morning, we're killing ourselves. Some of us who are raising kids, we're killing our kids. We take them to school and then, you know, maybe daycare and their endless activities and fast food because you don't have time to stop and eat. They never get enough sleep. They don't even know how to play or use their imagination anymore. If they get one empty moment, they don't know what to do. We don't know what to do with them, so we shove a device in their hands so they can entertain themselves. Never a dull or quiet or silent moment. By the way, that's not not rest. Simply entertaining or amusing ourselves, binging on Netflix or whatever else helps you escape or distract yourself or medicate or numb yourself. That none, none of this is living, it's dying. But you see, God doesn't command the Sabbath day so that we would break it and then he can punish us with death. Of course not. He commands us to keep it. And as we keep the Sabbath day so that we can live, so that we can really live. God commands it to us because it is his gift to us. This is what Jesus said in the gospel. The Sabbath was made for us. In that Exodus reading, it said that the Sabbath day is a sign. A sign is an outward sign or an outward reality that points to a deeper unseen reality. Think back in the Old Testament to the sign of the rainbow, right? God gave this to and to Noah as he promised him that he would never again flood the earth. Now, Noah wouldn't live to see whether that was going to be true or not. Think of the sign of circumcision. God promised to childless Abraham and Sarah that they would have children like the stars in the heavens. They wouldn't live to see it. God's signs always give us a promise. God's signs always speak of a relationship between God and us, the people that he loves. And that's what we call a covenant. You want to know more about covenants? Right after this service, 1030 Pastor Davis Bible class, all right? That's what he's going to be talking about. So there's your plug, buddy, right there. The Sabbath day is a sign. Think about this. The day is a sign. It's a sign of God's covenant with us. It is literally time carved out of your calendar. An entire day that God has promised to fill intensely with his love and with his life and with his presence. A whole day in your week that you can stop and focus on the ones that you love, on him 
and on your friends and on your family and to remember who you are and whose you are. And so that Sabbath includes what we are doing right now, the weekly Eucharist. Because it is here where God intensely comes and fills us with His love and His grace and His forgiveness. But it extends beyond this relatively short time we have in worship. It extends into the rest of this whole day. Think about that. What a gift that we get to spend a whole day, one day each week, on stuff like you know what, instead of going to the store to get what we think we got to have or because of what we think we got to get done, what happens instead if we just stay home or maybe go to someone else's home and spend it with friends and family and we are restored? Or maybe that we would try a digital Sabbath, taking all of those electronic devices and totally unplugging so that we could reconnect in person, face-to-face, not face-time, face-to-face with the people that we love? Or how about doing something totally decadent, like taking a nap? Some of you stay-at-home moms say, oh, yes, please, (laughs) right? It's heavily decadent, or a leisurely walk, or a bike ride, or playing in the yard with your kids, or sharing a meal, or even a good bottle of wine with your friends, so that you can breathe again, and that you are refreshed. The beauty of it is that there's no script. I can't tell you, you know, do this, do that. No, 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 there's no script you are completely free to receive whatever gifts God would want to give to you on this day. Just be sure to stop so that you can receive them. Now, to be honest, Christians are not confined to one day of the week, like Saturday is for the Jews or up the road, the Seventh-day Adventists. Though I would recommend it to you, if you can, to keep the Christian tradition of Sunday. And if you wonder why Christians move Sabbath from Saturday, as the Jews keep it, to Sunday, it is because on a Saturday, on the Sabbath day, Jesus rested from the work of our salvation. It was on a Saturday that He laid resting in the tomb. But then he rose, of course, on Easter Sunday. And it was a new day. It was what we now call the eighth day of the week. Days one to seven are the old creation. On the new day, on the eighth day, Jesus brought in the new creation and the power of his resurrection. Which brings me to one last gift, one more gift of the Sabbath. Our Hebrews reading was hinting at this. That our weekly Sabbath rest that we do now in time is a day every week to remind us of where we're all going to our eternal rest from the toils and the labors of this world, from the old creation, that we are going towards an eternity 
with those that we love the most, with God and with all of his friends, with each other, and we call that the communion of saints. Think about it. That's the purpose of the Sabbath day. It's why God gave it to us. It's why he made it holy and why he blessed it. To spend time with him and with each other. Friends, do you realize where we're headed is to an eternal Sabbath day? That's what we're made for. That's the dream that we're talking about. That's living the dream. It's the dream of heaven. We keep saying that. This is the dream of heaven. But the good news is that we don't have to wait till then to start living the dream of heaven. We get to live it now. In fact, he gives us one day each week to do it. So as I often like to do, I'd like to end my homily this morning with just this moment of silence so that we can stop and think and process what we've been talking about. And I especially want to do that today because I'd like you to stop for a moment and rest. And I especially would ask that you would think about this. What will I do this week to rest, to reconnect, to restore and recharge? With God, with those that I love, and even for myself. And while you're thinking about it, if you want to, you can even take out your calendar and block out the time so you make sure you do it.